What's your favorite scary movie? time the podcast where two lgbt's talk the horror movie of the week real life crime or events and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film and yes the titles are puns i'm l i'm kate hello again happy february yeah uh so i picked i i got to pick <laughs> yeah. this time yay <laughs> i was like this this is dropping a couple days after val valentine's day but i was like let's pick something Maybe having to do with theme. This is almost like an anti-balancing <laughs> movie. Not sound edgy or anything, but uh... <laughs> fine. This is dude suck. Um, so I chose Fresh from last year, twenty twenty-two, um, directed by Mimi Cave, and starring Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan. Um, well, obviously have to talk about spoilers for this. This um, because so this L. I don't know if you followed this movie when it came out at all. Did you? I heard about it, but I hadn't, like, really followed, like, what it was about, so I was kind of just going into it, uh, fully unaware. Oh, God. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, well, okay, let me, let me just get it, let's get into it then. So, so, what did you think of the opening? That was crazy. Did you know where it was going? Did you know where any of this was going? No. I had no idea. <laughs> okay, a lap, like, what? <laughs> Like, I thought something was going to happen, obviously, because it is a horror movie. But I, like... Yeah. I wasn't expecting, like, when he started talking, you know, about, you know, kidnap Like, when he kidnapped her, I was like, the way he did it, I was like, okay, this is not his first time doing this. Um, mm -hmm. But then he said, taking these roles and keeping them alive and, like, just cutting them up and selling their meats to, like, elite rich people who want to, like, eat human meat, especially women. And I was just, just like, that's a new one. Because I've heard of, like, you know, we all got, like, the cannibal uh, serial killer stuff, but this is the first yeah. time I've seen one covered where he's, like, selling uh, human meat to people who want to consume it, and it, they pay, like, ridiculous prices for it. It's, like, crazy. Where they're, like, tying capitalism into the massage. <laughs> <laughs> Murder and shit, yeah. Yeah, well, no, I just, I asked you that, and I'm, I'm glad that you went in blind, because, like, Okay, so based on that opening for the, if you haven't seen it, y'all, like, there's, like, a 30-minute opening that's basically, like, a meet-cute rom- not rom-com, but, like, romantic setup that ends on the 30-minute mark of him drugging her at his place, and then it's, like, fresh! <laughs> like, and, and, and truly only the, like, first- Sundance audience got to enjoy that completely going in blind and not knowing because even even at Sundance after the first screening and every advertisement from then on hinted at cannibalism and all this shit and the fact that it was a horror movie and I just wish it had been marketed not like that do you know yeah, what I mean because imagine watching that and thinking like because because also the first of all everyone like is like it's funny to it's fun to rewatch this too, thinking about all the red flags. I'm doing in quotation marks. <laughs> side side note that the whole point of this movie is that it's you're not supposed to be judging her for ignoring the red flags because he is the one that is kidnapping and murdering women. Yeah, and she's just trying to navigate her life, navigate this shitty dating scene with shitty men that do stuff like like take your 
your leftovers or don't know that they're making you uncomfortable walking behind you in a dark alley and shit like that. Like they, I liked that they set up things like that situations in everyday life where you think, Oh, I like, is this dangerous? Am I overthinking this? And like in one case she was, but it's like, it could have easily been the other way. So that's why when she meets Steve and like, he, he says these things or think, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. What what's the alternative to just never live your life and never trust anyone in in a relationship? Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it happens really fast, and I get it too. Um, <laughs> some other people are just like, "Yes, but he looks like Sebastian Stan." I'm like, "That's also understandable." <laughs> <laughs> and he he does this so well; he charms the fuck out of her. Obviously. Um, oh yeah. I don't I don't agree with the people that are like. Mm thirsting over this character but that's a it's a whole other Ugh. tale <laughs> Ugh. yeah but i guess i will ask since this is also a polarizing movie like did you like it no yeah i i enjoyed it um especially because you know usually like it's like they, they had um well we have molly who is molly amazing love her um, MVP, and she's yeah. a, she's a supportive best friend, and like she may not like maybe not agree with all of what her friend does, but she does still support her. Um, and yeah. she's a concerned friend. Like she does, you know, once you know Noah goes missing, and she's like looking for this guy. She's like, dude, she's pulling the FBI hat out, looking for her friend. Um, yeah, to go and find her, and. She gets to kick ass, and I love that. And, and like the fact that two, of the, there's two black characters in here, and they both survive, um, which is, yeah, which is really good because we all know of the trope of you know a black guy dies first in a horror movie, um, and I, I really enjoyed Paul's part. He, he takes it into his own hands. He's like, nope, I am removing my. <laughs> he's like, we've seen this movie. <laughs> we know what happens. And he's like, I'm it's, out. It's so funny. I I honestly don't. It's I there's. There's like twofold to that scene of we're talking about what Paul, the bartender yeah. who Molly enlists for help, because like on one hand, you do you don't want a man to come save the day. And it, you're right. In any other movie, he would have shown up and just got murdered. Yeah. Um, and that wouldn't have been fun for anyone. So just <laughs> just turning around and also just adding to the the MO of this movie that men are fucking useless. <laughs> they're, if they're if they're not trying to kill you, they're also just useless. <laughs> Um, and not helpful and women are the compassion ones that help and save each other like that rewatching this reminded me of barbarian and the the way that people criticize the lead character and that and all the quote-unquote stupid decisions she's making but it's like those come out of compassion and trying to help other people and i maybe and that's also maybe what you saves react her. that same way in that situation and that's okay yeah that's yeah not, not so, we gotta talk about barbarians <laughs> but you see what i mean right like yeah absolutely i just i watched the Especially rewatching this and like, I don't see why people hate it so much. I don't know. I it's the misogyny. I, I <laughs> well, no, no, like women. I know a lot of women that don't. They like don't this like movie. it. That I, I I'm ignoring any man that oh, that doesn't no, like yeah. this movie. But I know multiple women that oh. don't. Like, I watched it with friend of the show. I watched it with Sydney, not to put her on blast, but and she wasn't mean about it, but she didn't like it. And I remember we had like a discussion about it. We watched it like together when it first came out. Um... She wasn't a fan, and that's okay. That's what, yeah, but like, hmm. at least this movie is doing something and making really bold ass decisions so that it can be so polarizing. And again, like, women are allowed, 
women should be able to make more movies like that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh, uh, what is it? The other two women can suck kind of thing. But I, I like this. Um, also, I just, side note, I kept thinking about this, but during the... <clears throat> When we watched it, Sydney quoted that Tumblr post that like men will eat, men will see a mouse and eat it. <laughs> and that's... I think that was her review on Letterboxd. Like, what did they would do that? Like I just kept thinking about that during watching this. Like men will see a mouse and eat it. Like Steve would see a mouse and just eat it. <laughs> oh my god. He would. He would. Oh no, he doesn't. Oh, that was the, one of the it. Rewatches are fun because you know he says stuff at the very beginning. He says, "I don't eat what is it? I don't eat animals. I don't eat the meat of Not animals. Animal. Yeah, you're like, oh, uh huh. Like <laughs> Xbox screen. We will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. God. And back to what you said before. This is a different take on like the cannibalism mm-hmm. tale. I think where because it is always like or usually meant to be seen as like a a power move and in this it's really just it's a it's a an allegory for like the dating's like women and trying to navigate the dating scene trying to navigate just life in general and also on the other hand like the the steps men will take to just exert their power over women and like it's so funny the person Steve thinks he is versus who he actually is <laughs> and like how profound he thinks he is talking about like what like it's you're giving yourself over to someone else completely and it's like well no you're not doing that you're you're forcing you're killing a woman and forcing her to do that she didn't like he and like he really i haven't seen bones at all but it seems like he really thinks he's living in that life or something (laughs) and that it's just like this romantic profound thing i think it's so funny when she turns the tables on him and she like seduces him and makes the play for him and he truly believes it because he's too stupid to think that that she could actually outsmart him, you know? Yeah, that- yeah. He thinks that he has her under his, like, control because she's going to be, like, so afraid, you know? Yeah. Oh, if I misbehave, he's yeah. going to cut something else off of me. Um, mm-hmm. But I, and I also really liked, like, in, when she was, like, you know, caged in her room and she had that magazine, there was that little message written from somebody that yeah. had been there before. And it's, like, that she was thinking, you know, there are going to be other women that are gonna come after me um, once I'm gone. I need. Mm-hmm. I should write something so they can possibly escape when I could not. Um, and the fact that uh, Noah and Penny like were bonding through these walls, um, and they mm. never saw each other, and they were just, you know, um, just having compassion for one another because they're both stuck in a really shitty situation. And then uh, when when Noah does get them free you know she helps like get all like everybody that's there you know molly and molly and penny and help them get free and then they all start kicking uh steve's ass which is so fun to enjoy and watch it's like good for her in the kitchen especially where they're all just going after him in every angle possible yeah like jumping off the counter and shit oh (laughs) i was glad penny was real yeah I, i remembered that like when I did you ever think she might not be my beast? No, I I thought she part of a different scheme or something. I thought she was real, uh, simply because I don't. He seemed like the kind of guy who would have more than one person there at a time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that also was kind of part of his downfall because then it's like, oh, I have someone else here that's with me. You know, if we get out of this, we'll be stronger than if it was just me by myself. Um. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, there are going to be people that find any character he plays hot, I guess, and we're just going to have to deal with that. But I feel like this movie really does go to lengths to try to, like, emphasize both the present women and the women in the past that he's that he's murdered like with 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 penny being the current and then like that wall of keepsakes and everything with all of their pictures there's even a even in the scene where he's like that's supposed to be like semi-comedic where he's like hacking away to like a pop song Mm -hmm. uh her photo's right there and so like i just really like the i always love horror comedy but like the blend specifically of how like funny he is how funny steve is but also how fucking terrifying he is like that scene i really think encapsulates it for me and how like yeah it's a brilliant performance i think it's a lot it's a lot of legwork to do but i think he pulls it off and i think maybe cave pulls off a really difficult like tone tonal blend yeah that makes sense because this is a delicate subject now we're talking about yeah the violence against women you know (laughs) like yeah and and the fact that also um when Noah is asking him about, you know, why is, like, is it always women? Um, and he says, yeah, because apparently, like, women just taste better than guys. Like, I think there's, mm-hmm. like, also part of it is it's easier to get a woman in these traps than it is to get a guy. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, yeah, just another, like, male power uh, extortion over women with that as well. And just, like... Because he's not really think of them, thinking of them, mostly, most of them, as, you know, human beings with thoughts and feelings. But just like, you know, this is another person I can use to get money and mm-hmm. get their... They, they see him as meat, basically. Which is... Uh, he calls them meat. Yeah. yeah he, he calls them that much. Like, oh, we can't have the meat stress. It's like, you mean her body? Her living body? <clears throat> Fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Should also point out that like I this is the only thing I've seen Daisy Edgar Jones in. I know she was in that not difficult people. What's it called? Normal people show. Oh yeah. And she's being cast in a lot of stuff, but I think she's brilliant in this. Like, there's a lot of like internal stuff going on, especially her in the the latter half, like trying to figure her way out. You know, mm-hmm. and like the manipulation she's doing to Steve. Yeah. I, I don't know. It. <laughs> I didn't realize how young she was until I was researching. She's so she's, young. She's a baby. She's a little baby. I was like, oh my god. She's so young. Yeah, the fact that she was pulling tips from that magazine to be like how to make him yours and it fucking worked. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, like the, the, the part where it said I'm like stupid. smile more, you trust us, you know, just uh, smile, kind of give in to his jokes, be more mm-hmm. submissive. That kind of shit. And then she uses that as tactics when he does do yeah. the dinner thing. Uh, that She's so great. So so good for her. Now, for were, were you ever worried that, like, she was, like, getting some Stockholm Syndrome or, like, falling for all of this bullshit? I didn't think so um, because I how the mm-hmm. way she was reacting, especially when she first, like, woke up after he drugged her. Um, yeah. And she, like... I don't. I don't think she would have, 
Um, just in my personal opinion, I can't exactly say why, but she doesn't seem like she would, you know, fall for her captor again because she's seen what he's like now and who he really yeah. is. Um, but that that is, I, I don't know if that is what was going on with his wife. Yeah, he's got a wife, two yeah. kids. Um, with, I think it said that she was one of his victims, but he like fell for her or something. Um, and I'm not, does it say that somewhere? It was in like the Wikipedia or something. Um, I feel like it's implied, yeah. And I'm not sure, like, maybe she does have Stockholm Syndrome or she just, like, is so terrified of the thought of helping another woman to, like, not get put in this position that she will just do everything to, like, keep him happy so she doesn't end up back in that spot. I don't know, but uh, Molly getting her with a shovel and saying, bitches, like, you are the problem <laughs> made me laugh a little bit at the end. Uh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to be implied that too with the and like something I noticed on rewatch is her like being obsessed over like her face and pulling back the skin and maybe like utilizing being married to a plastic surgeon to hang on to that in her youth or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know why that would make you be part of a cannibalism game. Yeah, that's one of the, I guess that's one of like the, not holes in the script, but something that's not as explored as much. But then again, this is already a two hour movie already. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with that, I think. <laughs> kind of leave it a little ambiguous. Kind of make you decide like yeah. what's, what's going, what's her deal? Um. <laughs> what's her deal? <laughs> Something. Um. No, God, I can't imagine getting my ass taken away. Like, you can so never many see... God, so many. It, it's too easy to make an eating ass joke. <laughs> so many people did it on Letterboxd anyway. I was like, I'm gonna restrain myself. <laughs> <laughs> restrain. But um, I did find for true crime uh, this week. You got a, we got a true crime. We all go a little mad sometimes, haven't you? Because most of the time yeah, when you... What's stand do now? Yeah, it's fucking guys. Uh, not, not always a man, but somehow a man all the time. Um, <laughs> oh, one, one more side note before you go into this. Yes. I can't believe we're supposed to believe Sebastian Stan is from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> The most Eastern European man to exist. Anyways. <laughs> For real. Um, so we have heard about, you know, uh, killers who were cannibals. But usually it's they consumed um, the people that they killed uh, themselves. This guy served uh, people that he killed to people who did not know it was human. Um, they were hamburgers. Uh Oh, just, no. So there are, just uh, going into this, if you want to skip this segment, because there is a description of murder, uh, attempted rape, and cannibalism, uh, just to let you know. Um, so this man is called, uh, his name is Joe Metheny. Um, he was, this was back in the early 1990s. Um, this was around the same time as Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, he was a native of Baltimore, and he claimed that he killed as many as 10 people um, and several of them were sex workers in South Baltimore. 
Um, he killed them, he did dismember them, and he saved pieces of them in a freezer and then threw the rest of their bodies in a river. He has never expressed any remorse for his actions. Um, he would make burgers and serve them at a roadside barbecue stand to unsuspecting passerby. When yeah. he was younger, this does not give any excuse, obviously, it's just his background. Uh, his father was an alcoholic that was killed in a car accident when he was only six years old. His mother uh, was trying to support a family of six, was not able to fully care for her kids, working double shift. Um, apparently, he used to be a good student, polite, never mean as a kid. Uh, when he was 19, he joined the United States Army, and his mother said that he served in Germany, and he said himself that he served tour in Vietnam, became addicted to heroin while, while he was there. Uh, but however, the United States involvement in Vietnam had ended by that time, so that was clearly a lie. Um, but he, like, so, he was addicted to drugs, but he just wasn't in Vietnam at the time. Um, despite his addictions, he was able to find stable work as a forklift driver, and he had had a girlfriend and a son. Um, one day, though, when Metheny returned from work, his wife and child were simply gone. Uh, suspecting that his wife had left with their child to go live with another man, Metheny flew into a vengeful rage, and this is the event that Metheny would claim sparked this spree of murders. Um, he searched for them for days. He searched in halfway houses and under bridges where she used to buy drugs, but he found nothing. Um, he did find two homeless men who he believed were withholding information from him about the location of his family. He did murder them, both with an axe that he had brought along. Uh, Metheny was eventually arrested for these murders and even told law enforcement that he committed three more unrelated murders that same evening. However, this case was ultimately dropped due to lack of evidence. These were not his first victims, though. Um, after he was arrested, Metheny claimed that he had murdered a sex worker by the name of Kathy Ann Magaziner a year earlier in 1994. He claimed that he first buried her body in a shallow grave at the factory where he worked. He then returned to the body six months later, took the head, put it in a box, and threw it in the trash. He, be, Having begun killing before the abandonment, he claimed spurred his murder spree. It seems that Metheny wasn't looking for revenge. After all, he was just enthralled with the thrill of killing. In fact, he even discovered the whereabouts of his family. As he claimed, I found out about six months later she had moved on the other side of town with some asshole that had her out selling her ass for drugs. They got busted for drugs and they took my son away from them for child neglect and child abuse. Unfortunately, that knowledge did not seem to quench his thirst for violence. In 1996, Joan Metheny killed Kimberly Lynn Spicer by driving a knife through her chest. Less than a month later, he was sharing drugs in his trailer with a woman named Rita Kemper. When she refused to have sex with him and attempted to flee, he chased her, beat her, dragged her back into the tra trailer, and attempted to rape her. He also alleged that he tried to kill her and even screamed, I'm going to kill you and bury you in the woods with the other girls. He had hidden the body of Kimberly Lynn Spicer at the factory where he worked. However, fearing that someone would discover it, he asked one of his co-workers to help him bury it. His co-worker immediately told the police, and Metheny was arrested the same day. Finally, some sanity. Although you might expect a struggle from a man as violent as Joe Metheny, the arresting officers were surprised when he went peaceful and said simply, I'm a very sick person. Uh, once the police began to question Metheny, the true extent of his crimes were revealed. He claimed that he killed up to 10 people, most of them young, white, female sex workers whose bodies he dumped in the Pas Patapasco River. 
For most of these victims, though, there was never any evidence found. He also revealed some disturbing information during his interview about what he'd done with the bodies after murdering his victims. In some cases, he was turning them into burgers. In Joe Metheny's own words, I cut the meat up and put it in some Tupperware bowls, then put it in a freezer. I opened up a little open pit beef stand. I had some real roast beef and pork sandwiches. They were very good. The human body taste was very similar to pork. If you mix it together, no one can tell the difference. Um, because apparently no one could tell the difference, or perhaps no one could have possibly thought that they were being served human meat. It is unknown how many people consumed his burgers. Uh, Metheny himself later said in an interview, so the next time you're riding down the road and you happen to see an open pit beef stand that you've never seen before, make sure you think about this story before you take a bite of that sandwich. Metheny never showed any remorse whatsoever for the crimes he committed. He claimed that the only thing he regretted is that he never got to murder his ex-girlfriend and the man she ran off with. Um, initially, Metheny received the death penalty, but the sentence was later changed to life in prison. And as of 2017, he was found dead in his prison cell. Um, they believe he passed from suicide, but they, they don't specify specifically. So that's fucking insane. Oh, not all men, but somehow always a man. What I learned from women talking is that it's all men except Ben Wishaw. <laughs> which is the way to live life. For real. Ben Wishaw and trans men. That's it. That's um, it. You know, it's big yikes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, between that and Texas Chainsaw, I'm never getting a roadside barbecue. Oh. Ever. <laughs> ever. No. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely. I need if. I need a, f I need the big A in the window to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just like the fact that, like, not only did he kill these women, and and a lot of the times they do go after people that won't be missed by society, which tends to be sex mm -hmm. workers. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's man, it's amazing that we still date you, even though you're like up there with like the number one thing that kills uh, kills women. So, um, it it's just the fact that we put ourselves out there and still like trust. You know, hey, hopefully this guy won't kill us. Um, after yeah. all, all of this stuff has happened. It's crazy, but um. Nightmare for women who like men. Truly. Uh, but hey, at least not everybody in this movie is straight, so is this film gay? You buy all your murder weapons at Home Depot? God, much. Well, yeah, because MVP of this movie, Molly, is a queer character and like openly talks about dating women. Woohoo! And that's just like part of who she is on top of just being a great friend and awesome person um which i feel like that's that's the representation some people are asking for others would want more but i'm like that's you know i, I like the way it was handled i don't know and she's just she's just so cool <laughs> she is um yeah because like she it's not it seems definitely it's not like the first time she's talked about it with noah 
Um, and Noah seems really chill with it. Oh, no, yeah. So it's like, so it's like, it's definitely not the first time she's brought up the talk of it. Like, yeah, this is why you should date women. Um, yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I'm glad there wasn't a line of Noah being like, oh God, I should just date women. <laughs> so, so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, all right, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, other than that, this is a very straight movie, but yeah, and just about dudes suck and <laughs> women good um no barrier yeah, I feel, i'm sorry for all of y'all that like have to date me <laughs> i'm sorry about that it's a gay berries you're straight kind of movie it's a what oh <laughs> i didn't think about that <laughs> bury your straights society if we buried our straights <laughs> Until that becomes a trope, I will never be satisfied. Um, Lord. Do you have any last thoughts on this film? Just any any other remarks you want to talk about? The anything that made you that you'd like to talk about? I think I got everything in. Um, you, Itu. I don't know, I just I really liked the like the. The girl team up at the end. I'm like, that's how you do it. Take notes, Marvel. <laughs> it's it's giving death proof. It's <laughs> For real. Ah. And I, I just can't wait to see what Mimi Cave do, does next. She, not, she has her next movie announced. I think like Matthew McFadden's in it. So like, <gasps> let's go. <laughs> let's fucking go. I'll see you there. Let's go. I'll, I'll be and I'll be watching. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd say give it a watch. It's still it's Hulu bought it, so it'll be on Hulu. It should be on Hulu. Oh yeah. For, um, just know it's the subject matter is not for everyone, and all. So I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. But yeah, I think if it's your type of type of genre, I don't know. Yeah, fresh. fresh go fresh. give it a go. Give it a go. Alright, so um, we can wind yeah, down. You can wind down if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can go first if you'd like. Sure. Alright. Um, so I recent oh god, what have I been watching? I've been watching everything. Um so I watched uh the first thing I watched after we did Ghostkeeper was Skinamarink. Um oh. that is also a movie people are like either you loved it or you hated it, and yeah. I feel like there's no one in between. Um, and it's definitely also not a movie that's, like, for everyone, um, like, cause, like, I was watching it and I was like, oh my god, this is, like, what I was experiencing when I was, like, eight years old, and I was up late in my house, which, my house is, like, like was a fairly good size, so, like, seeing those dark corners and, like, those kind of long hallways, it was just, like, yeah, yeah, that's can you Can you briefly explain, it's literally just, like, screens and, like, empty space? Uh, it's not always screens, like, these, so basically these two children, I think, like, the oldest has to be about nine or ten-ish, um, they wake up to find that all the doors and windows in their house are gone, and their father is missing, um, there's something in the house that is doing, like, something, there's no explanation why, um, it's very, like, there's also, like, point of view from the little girl who's the eldest. At some point, they do a camera from her point of view. Um, and there are, like, just still screens at certain point, but there also are, like, slow camera pans um, at others. And it just made, like, a, made me really just, like, a feeling of dread. 
like, as the movie progressed, like, I was kind of just, like, sinking back into my seat as it was going on. Um, I, it's definitely one you want to watch where it's, like, you're in a dark room and there's no light coming in and, like, have your earphones in so you can hear everything. Like, they had subtitles on the screen when I went and saw it because they wanted you to be able to hear what the kids are saying. Um. Oh, like, in the theater? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, and it's... We could always do that, you know? <laughs> you should do that more often, movie hey, theaters. Hey. <laughs> Just a hint. Um, but I, I saw it with a few other people, and it was just so quiet in the theater because everyone was just, like, just watching. Because it was, like, a build-up, uh, and it's just, like, tense. Like, you just feel tense and just dread mm -hmm. the whole time because um, you didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. You didn't know what was going on. Um, but I, obviously, it's not going to be for everybody, but I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. I might rewatch it sometime. Um especially because need, it needs to be dark, like, because this is, like, set in, like, the 1990s, 1995 specifically. Um, and it has kind of, like, that, you know, that, like, film, like, slight grainy film-ish over, like, it's not, like, crystal clear, you know, how video cassettes yeah. were. It was kind of like that, like, home movies and shit. Um, so having a really dark room will help you be able to see things a little better. Um, and then after that, I went totally 180 and watched Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Fucking, okay. fucking fantastic film. I absolutely loved it. I had a great time the whole time. Um, highly recommend, uh, watching that. Um, I also, then the next day I watched A Repo Man, which was from the 1980s. Um, I just wrote it down, like, on a list of, like, because I was looking at the criterions we had in my store, and I was like, what? spines of a movie are catching my interest that I want to like give it a go and big like green yeah cover. the the yeah. the cover art is so much cooler than the actual movie <laughs> Damn. terrible uh it's not the worst thing I've ever seen but I'm just like I'm like what this is up there I've never seen it this it's... is just funny to me <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's something. It's something, I will tell you that. And they're, like, chasing it this. It was a movie. It was, that's a movie. Um, and then, kind of towards the end of January, I watched The Slumber Party Massacre, because we all should watch it. Yes. <laughs> to kick off my February, I watched Safe by Todd Haynes, which I think everybody should watch, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's been on my list forever to do for this. I just feel yes! like it's stupid. Gotta watch. Um, I then watched His Girl Friday because um, I wanted a little Cary Grant movie to watch. And that was also been on my list for a long time to just watch. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. Um, and then because it's always been on Sydney's like, favorite films of all time, I watched A New Leaf by Elaine May, which was her first film. Um, it was fantastic. I had a great time. Yes. <laughs> uh, and she then watches I... it every Valentine's Day, so perfect. <laughs> so tomorrow, yes, you're going to be watching it. Um, yeah. And finally, uh, I just finished them yesterday. I watched uh, the 1940s Alfred Hitchcock version of Rebecca, because uh, I just finished the book, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and then Fresh, of Rebecca! course. Rebecca! God, I am obsessed, and the next time Criterion goes on sale, I'm getting that film, because I'm just like... Yeah. I'm just like, just... I got to see that bad boy Ugh. on nitrate film. Like, oh! I melted my ass. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Makes my brain go. Makes my brain go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For oh, real. Yeah. Mama. Uh, um, we never, else? We've never done Rebecca, huh? That's gay. No. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh. Let's go. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we've learned a lot of what we need to do in the future. Yeah, we got some films on there we can definitely do. Um, I haven't read. I haven't read too too much, but I've I've been in a nice little reading. You know, uh, going. I read a uh, convenience store woman by Sayaka Mur- Murata, which is like a like a hundred and thirty something page book. It's a real little short story kind of thing going on, which was a nice read. Um, and then the Dutch House by Anne Patchett, which was a Pulitzer Prize finalist. Um, and the cover had always caught my eye, and I figured let's go ahead and watch it, and to or read it. Watch it, read, fuck, same thing in at this point. Um, and today I just finished Outline by Rachel Cusk. Um, and now I'm about to read the Phantom of the Opera novel, because uh, I'd never read it before. Right. And I had just seen the musical um, at the beginning of the month. Uh, and uh, Ben Crawford, I'm obsessed. My dad says he's like the second best Phantom um, after, Graham, after uh, Grant Norton which is the first fan he ever saw in the 1940s. 1990s! Fuck hell. I can't wow. talk! Like, damn, my dad's old, huh? I'm a, I will tell you right now, book's great, has nothing, the musical has nothing to do with it. There are oh. two different fan of musicals, and neither of them do a good job at all at adapting the book, but we stand. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Do you, do you know about the, um, the Phantom book that was written by, like, it's, like, it's basically like a fan Susan fiction- Susan Susan K, yeah. The Susan K Phantom? Yes. <laughs> of course I have. Of course I read that. Who do you think you're talking to? I should have known better. Oh my god. Yeah. Don't uh, don't don't open that can of worms. <laughs> Keep that lid shut. Be here all night. <laughs> when we covered the Joel Schumacher movie, it's all over for you guys. <laughs> I like that Andrew oh Lloyd Webber chose him to direct like he was the first and only choice to direct the phantom of the opera movie because joel uh because andrew lloyd weber liked the music choices that he did for the lost boys nice and i'm like that's that was <laughs> that was the qualification <laughs> like damn hire me hey. <laughs> <laughs> we love a good music supervisor hey fresh had good music you know it did I'm the, okay, so you've seen uh, Ex what? Machina, right? Yeah. Didn't that dancing kind of give you a little Ex Machina vibe? Oh. Because that's what sure. I was like. I was like, I'm about to is tear this? up like, this dance floor. <laughs> I'm going to tear up this dance floor to check it. <laughs> oh. That's also a good movie. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, I haven't watched a lot of horror, but I can tell you. Uh, so. My January was a lot of just trying to catch up on the awards stuff that might be nominated or were nominated that I actually wanted to see. Like, there's some stuff that's like, I'm not going to watch Elvis. I'm sorry. But, oh. so I watched, I watched fucking After Sun and it wrecked my ass. And <laughs> I'm glad Paul Mescal got a nomination because, um, if you're a dyke with dead dad issues, you're going to love After Sun is what I'll say. I <laughs> I think we should somehow get Charlotte Wells to get to direct the fun home movie based on this movie. Oh, uh. say. Um, also watched Causeway, which was really good. With it, Brian Tyree Henry got a nomination for it. It's him and Jennifer Lawrence. Really, 
really solid little kind of two-hander indie. Um, watch the menu, which was bad. Anyway, I won't talk about that. It's <laughs> um, a bad... Oh. 80 for Brady? I don't know. That's crazy. Oh, and I, and I finally watched Coda, which was last year's Best Picture winner, so we're really behind. Um... <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'll, I'll be real. I'm. Not, I'm not mad at one best picture. Those, but I was, I was like, watching. And I'm like, this one best picture. Like it's just like a cute movie. <laughs> cool. Yeah, inclusion rocks, dog. I'm not gonna be mad about this. But I think it's the, the singer better than when Green Book Oh no! I totally like. We could have had way worse off than than Coda winning BP. Um, I ain't mad. Um, <laughs> my cat's meowing. He he's like Coda rocks. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> that's a. And now I've just been rewatching shows because I can't and cooking shows because I my brain can't handle new content. Apparently, I'm rewatching Kevin can fuck himself because nice. I haven't watched the second season since it aired. So like, we're about to go through it. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I don't know. I, gu- I guess I gotta catch up. I haven't seen Skin Marink or anything. Um, yeah, that's all. That's that. That sounds good. Um, I will. I well, by the time this airs, I will be uh, back home visiting family uh, for my birthday for just for a little visit. Just take a little time off from work, um, and then coming back. Uh, don't have many future. Plans other than that, though. I'm just taking it one day at a time. Gotta file my taxes eventually, <laughs> and I don't oh want to do that. Yeah. Uh, According to the TurboTax Super Bowl commercials, don't do your taxes. <laughs> a really <laughs> bad catchphrase to have. God, please. It's terrible. Um. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's fresh as it's a it's. Yeah, if it sounds like it's a movie that is up your alley, I definitely say go for it. They don't really show any of the stuff happening that, you know, Noah loses no. her ass and Molly loses one of her no. boobs. And I'm like, I will give you my boobs for free, uh, Sebastian Stan, if you yeah, take something off my chest, please. Um, What's Joe Biden's plan for Sebastian Stan to give me top surgery? <laughs> For y'all. It's like, yeah, just, just a little bit. I needed something a little flatter. Um, that should have been his thing. Like, hey, do you want to, like, he should have just done a top surgery. <laughs> I don't know what kind of meat you get from there, but yeah. Wait, we've cracked the code. <laughs> Tit for tat, if you will. <laughs> just give me out. some of that money I'm getting, you I'm get. getting I'm getting yanked away by a cane now. Um, <laughs> that's fresh, babe. That's fresh. Yeah. Anyways, if you celebrated Valentine's Day, I hope you watched fresh or at least had a good day. <laughs> I will be watching Reservoir Dogs, the most romantic movie ever made. <laughs> and I'll see you all next month. You can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. You can find me at LM Designs on Twitter, the podcast. We have a Twitter at Horror Time Pod and Facebook, Stop Horror Time Pod. If you like what we do and would like to support us going forward, you can give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's mostly just for the algorithms, just to uh, get us spread out 
show us to new people so they can check us out. We're great for people who want to know more about horror but just can't watch it. Um, so we will see you guys next month. Thanks for listening and have a good Valentine's Day, everybody. Bye! Bye.